0: <laughs> He's trying really hard. <laughs> no, that's
1: a meme. Just, Don't you remember that meme? Oh no, it, I thought it, you it were Wednesday, trying to come dudes.
0: to come into it with just a it's, it, a. it's Wednesday. It's a
1: guy wearing Spider-Man pajamas and like think it think it was, I think it was those, those small goggles. You know, not the ones that go around your nose, but just yeah. ones that go around your eyes. He pops up and goes. It is Wednesday, my dudes.
0: Ah. <gasps> My gosh! And you okay. yell at me for blowing out people's eardrums.
1: And it became this massive meme. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I don't
0: know
1: why. Uh hey. anyway, here we are. Coming up on today's show, ten dangerous habits of church leaders. Also. We have the my stomach's growling over Also, here. Matt is starving. <laughs> Uh, Also, we have the latest news, random facts, and more. But, uh, oh, here it is.
0: It is Wednesday, my dudes. (laughs) That's kind of scary. Just a little bit scary.
1: (sighs) He did that every Wednesday. He posted a different one every Wednesday.
0: Okay, then. It's a
1: really strange time for the internet. But first, it is July 31st, last day of the month, and we've got a few holidays to celebrate.
0: Can I just say, I can't believe tomorrow is August.
1: Right. It's been a quick year. I hear that's just what happens when you get older. When
0: you get old.
1: Years go by quicker. Years
0: fly by. Once you turn
1: turn 70, a year's going to last a day and a half.
0: I feel like just yesterday... It was 2005? It was. It was
1: yesterday. <laughs> For goodness sakes, someone said something. Uh, uh, I think it was, a, it was about an album that released or whatever in 2005. I'm like, yeah, man, that's a that was that's a good album. Is that his latest album? Like, no, that was 14 years ago.
0: 14.
1: <laughs> like, oh, right.
0: <laughs> Dang. Okay. It's the age of my oldest child.
1: Good night.
0: I know, it's crazy. Okay, uh, so it's National Avocado Day.
1: I don't like avocado. I know you don't. Overrated. <laughs> I say that, I've never tasted it. I was going to say. <laughs> just the way it looks, the texture, it just looks like I would not like it. I don't know.
0: I mean, avocado, if you were to just open up an avocado and eat it, no, it ain't good. You got to put salt and pepper on it. Um, maybe hot sauce, maybe Mm. mash it up with a little bit of tomato and onion and make it into a guacamole, then that's really good. But just Mm. avocado on its own. What,
1: what does the avocado itself, does it have a distinctive flavor? Does it have a...
0: It does not. The avocado itself is bland. There is no taste to it. That's why you have to add something to it. And that's why it kills me when like avocado toast is a new big thing, you know, Mm. But it ain't avocado toast. You are not just taking an avocado straight out of the shell. Is it a shell? I don't know what it is. It's a skin. Thank you. You're not taking it out of its skin and putting it on toast. You are making it into guacamole or you are slicing it up and adding it to an egg. You are doing something else to heighten the flavor of this avocado. Right.
1: It's just not laying straight avocado on a toast.
0: Yet avocado gets the name. Anyway, that again, another, another rant.
1: He rant could have used near minutes away from now. Uh, it's
0: National Cotton Candy Day.
1: See, I could get down with some cotton candy. Cotton candy toast sounds good. You
0: know, Chris doesn't like cotton candy.
1: Is he uh, Nazi?
0: He. It looks like insulation.
1: <laughs> it does. Yeah.
0: And he had a bad run in with insulation when he was a teenager. Did he so. eat insulation? No, but he was covered in it. Oh, Mm -hmm.
1: how did that come to pass?
0: So his dad was a carpenter and they built houses. Yeah. And in the summer, Nick and Chris would help build these houses.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, And because Chris was the smallest one, he was the one who was always deemed to go into the attic and put the insulation up. Mm -hmm. And on one of these days, something went wrong and he got covered in insulation and could not... Like, the feeling of it, you know, how it's, like, itchy and mm-hmm. felt like he could not get it off of him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. Fiberglass and stuff uh-huh. like that. Yeah. yeah. That so anything. under your skin.
0: Like, you know, fiberglass is used in a lot of helmets and a lot of gear as a filler. Yeah, we don't buy anything that has fiberglass in it. Really? Yeah.
1: So it's that big of a phobia now.
0: He will not go into our attic in our house. I go into the attic. We don't store anything in the attic.
1: Wow, mm-hmm. that must have been a very traumatic. Event it was for that as a kid. Yeah. It was
0: terrible for him. Wow. Yep.
1: That's I've never heard of a situation like that. Yep. To the point where he couldn't even eat cotton candy.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> seeing cotton candy freaks him out. Really? And of course, our kids are like now the blue cotton candy he's fine with.
1: Just the pink stuff.
0: It's just the pink cotton candy that he's like, nope, wow. not doing it. Wow. Yep. Yep, he was diagnosed with OCD afterwards because of it, because it sent him into an obsessive-compulsive state.
1: Wow. Yep. Wow. Learn something new about Chris every day on this show.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) He doesn't listen, so hey. Uh, And lastly, it's National Mutt Day. Shout out to all of our mutts out there. (laughs) I didn't mean that to sound as bad as it did.
1: We weren't talking about humans. Met actual dogs.
0: We met. We met your dogs. Okay.
1: We know your dogs listen. Yep. Because we have soothing voices. We do. Silky. Whatever. Weird. <laughs> if you like what we do here on Back Row Morning Show and Back Row Radio as a whole, please consider partnering with us at patreoncom slash Uh Depending on how much you're willing to donate each month, there are some really cool incentives. Including uh, books, board games, all kinds of stuff that uh, we make ourselves. Also, shoot, if you want, get the top tier. Donate the top tier level and we will give you a replica of our back row uh, undisputed championship title belt.
0: Let me tell you, those things are hard to get.
1: They're, they're, there's only one in existence so far. But if someone wants one. Join our 200 tier. Let's do it.
0: I've only had it like twice in how long.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and lately it's just between you and I. I Right?
0: (laughs) Just kick me while I'm down. Whatever.
1: (laughs) Anyway, check it out. uh, All the different tiers and all the different incentives over at patreon.com slash backward radio. Support us. Help keep this radio station going and growing. It is rant Wednesday. And uh, Moe's used up all her rants on all the other days.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: So I'm going to give her a second to think of Thank
0: you. One. I appreciate
1: that. <laughs> and I'll go first. <laughs> My rant is about late night television. Specifically, the, uh, the talk shows. You know, Tonight Show, Late Show, all those. Back when I was a kid and growing up, there was you know, Leno and Letterman. And eventually Conan. And these were fun. They were fun shows. You'd have the monologue. Sometimes it would touch on something political. But mostly it would just be about the news. And we'd riff on that. And then celebrities would come out. And we'd have comedians. And we'd have pets. And, and we'd have uh, the zoo guy coming on with all the animals. And we'd have all kinds of just fun. It was a fun night of television. Fun hour to wind down from the stress of the day. Now, every single late night talk show, except for Jimmy Fallon, is almost entirely a political talk show. It's almost entirely even humor, but even some nights not humor. Some nights you're more depressed watching it than anything else, complaining about politics one way or another, mostly about Trump, which I get because he's a weird president, but... This was supposed to be an escape. These shows were supposed to be escapes from the mundane garbage that we go through all the time. It's not supposed to be the Colbert Report or the Daily Show from Comedy Central. Those were their own thing. Those were their own niche, and this should have stayed there. And now it's infected all the other shows. Jimmy Fallon is the only one that I think has been able to escape it and keep the fun aspect of The Tonight Show. Uh, He'll still do, you know, political jokes in the monologue and whatever and other things. But for the most part, it's still that fun escape from reality hour at the end of the night. So that's my rant. I miss the days of uh, golden age. Late late night night talk
0: talk shows. I can remember watching Letterman Mm -hmm. and Leno. I was a Letterman fan over you there. You were Letterman?
1: I was Leno. I leaned Leno nope, all the
0: time. I really liked Letterman. I don't know why.
1: You know, something about that gap in his teeth just made me Maybe not that's trust him. <laughs> why
0: I liked Letterman because I too had a gap in my teeth before braces. You had so a gap wonder... like that? Like a big gap? Yes. Really? Yeah. I wouldn't have been friends with you. Thanks, Matt. No, not
1: because of your person. It just grossed me out. <laughs> As a kid, I, whenever I saw something like that, I had a, like a fear almost.
0: You're so weird. Jeez.
1: When I look at uh, what's that guy's name? That uh, football player that started hosting Regis and Kelly. Oh, Michael. Michael Strahan. Uh huh. Yeah. Every time I see him, I get a little bit uncomfortable. Not for any other reason than the tooth thing. Like, can we fill that in?
0: You're awful. (laughs) So terrible. That's what my rant's about.
1: (laughs) Matt is a terrible person.
0: Matt is the worst. (laughs) Okay, so for real, here's here's my rant. Here in Clovis, I would say about at least forty percent of the yards are what we call zero-scaped. Okay, that's rocks and dirt. Yeah, there's no grass. They may have desert plants that are planted, but things that can survive in a desert climate because that's what we are. We are pretty much most dry, not a whole lot of rain, although this past year has given us a-, had a lot of rain. This yeah. last
1: couple months. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So our front and side yards are these beautiful rocks and dirt. And by beautiful, I mean the most ugly and horrendous things I've ever seen. Um. <laughs> That are supposed to be hassle-free. Hassle-free, zero maintenance, low-key, don't have to do a whole lot of work, which is a lie. Um, And I'm going to have to figure out how to like change this whole mindset by the time that we go to sell our house. (laughs) Because at this point, I'm just going to be completely honest with whoever wants to buy it and be like, look, this this, The yard is garbage. The yard sucks. But the house is great. Um, So at the beginning of summer, we had somebody come and... Actually, it was towards the end of spring. We, he came out, he pulled all of our weeds, and he sprayed. And he did a great job. He was awesome. But because of all the rain and because we live right next to a field, we've got a lot of weeds that have come into our yard since. Okay. And because my sister was coming in, I wanted my yard to look nice, right? I wanted to le- give off the illusion that we live this perfect life. <laughs>
1: um,
0: so we're trying to find
1: perfect weed free life.
0: Exactly. We're trying to find somebody. We're calling all these landscaping companies in the town, trying to find somebody who will come pull our weeds, which you would think would be a thing. Yeah. Considering all of the yards that are zero scaped. But no, Chris calls three different landscapers and gets an earful from three different, all three, about how, oh, absolutely not. And if you're just hiring somebody off the street to come spray, you realize that they can be fined and you can be fined because they're not licensed to spray and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And Chris is like, dude, if you're not licensed, fine. But I'm not about to tell you who all we've had come spray our yard in the past so that you can turn them in and try to get them in trouble. And on top of that, can you just come pull our weeds? And Chris finally had somebody tell him, no, that's just, you couldn't pay us enough. That's just too much work. I'm not going to send my guys out there to pull your weeds. There's no way. Couldn't pay us enough money to do that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What? Yeah.
0: What? So I woke up first thing. Friday morning. It was cool. It was 7.30 in the morning. The sun really hadn't come out to say hello yet. And I pulled all of the weeds in our yard. I was done by 8.45 with all of the weeds. Hadn't even really broke a sweat because it really wasn't that bad. And because it's rained so much, the weeds aren't like completely rooted down into the ground. They're easy to just pull right up. Yeah. That would have been an easy, like, $200 for somebody to make. To come pull our weeds and spray our yard. No. Can't pay us enough. <laughs> I just don't understand it.
1: I will admit, it probably was easier because of your situation where you just said, you know, the, because of the rain it yeah. came right out. Yeah. When I was working with my brother in Albuquerque uh, for his landscaping company... He would always send me on those jobs. Yeah. Because I wasn't I didn't have any real training in like design work right. for landscaping and stuff like that, so I did the menial tasks.
0: The weed pulling And uh,
1: and spraying, yeah. And we yeah. Had spray, which I don't think we were licensed. <laughs> I don't I didn't Apparently know. Apparently it's a big thing. <laughs> but um yeah, he sent me on those jobs and those were the jobs that I wanted to quit. Yeah. I mean, they can be brutal. Oh, yeah. And so I'm assuming most of those people, when they were thinking of coming to your house, pulling your weed, they were thinking of the worst ones they've done because they can be so bad.
0: Well, and here's the thing. And I know that anyone who's not from the area probably doesn't have a good visual interpretation of what I mean by weed. Because Mm -hmm. typically when you think of a weed, it's something small. Yeah. No, some of these things were as tall as me.
1: Yeah, these are those giant.
0: And they're prickly. Mm -hmm. They have stickers all through them. So you grab somewhere, chances are you're getting a handful of stickers. And you have to grab it in order to pull it up out of the ground. For years, the first four years, I guess, that we lived in our house, we would send the boys out to pull them. And they would come in complaining and, it hurts my hands and this and that. Well, we're just thinking that it's just... Our kids complaining because they don't want to have to work. (laughs) Until finally I go out and I'm like, guys, it's not that hard. You wrap your hand around here and Ah! (laughs) This sucks! We're paying somebody to do this from now on. That's hilarious. This is the worst thing ever. And awful. Yeah, it is, yeah. it is. I will admit, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. It is terrible. But if you have a landscaping business. Oh, sure.
1: They should have done it. Is what I, uh, definitely. They should have, or some one of them should yeah. have done it.
0: You but. have the tools and the resources and everything. Because <laughs> there are these really cool tools that you stick down, like it has a handle with a claw on the end, and you stick it down in the ground where the weed the root is, and pull it straight pull it up. up. It. Yeah, i like, those. I I'm halfway tempted to go start my own landscaping business that only pulls weeds, <laughs> because I feel like I could be making a killing.
1: Side note, completely off topic. This is the first time in a long time that I've noticed your double O thing. <laughs> <laughs> 'Cause you said What did I say? You well you said you pooled all the all the weeds. I'm like you pooled? Like you put them all together? You pooled but them. You pooled them. <laughs> you... It's been a running thing with us. Started back when we were doing church announcements. That was when we first noticed it where she for double o words, she er Yeah. Yeah, double no, no, o. No, 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 for for
0: It was new. It's words And food. Yeah, she
1: switches she switches U's and double O's. Yeah. So instead of saying pull, she says pool, but instead of saying noon, she says none.
0: But you know what's funny (laughs) to me is when you say pull and pull, it sounds opposite to me to me. Like pull pull (laughs) I can't even (laughs) say it right. Um like a swimming pool. No.
1: Swimming pool.
0: See, but it <laughs> to me it sounds totally different. But you pull a weed.
1: Pull a weed. No. Not pool a weed. Nope.
0: Nope. It's, I, and this may be the first time, this is the conversation that we've had to have. Yeah. That we should have had from the very beginning. <laughs> for me to really realize, oh, okay, I can hear that now. Yeah. <laughs> I do sound a little different than everybody else.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's her only flaw, ladies and gentlemen.
0: That's
1: probably not true. It is my only flaw. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not true. (laughs) So Gone with the Wind isn't going anywhere. Over the weekend, uh, last week, Avengers Endgame officially dethroned Avatar to become the biggest movie in history with over 27 uh, Nine zero billion dollars gross worldwide, when not adjusted for uh, adjusted for inflation. Is <laughs> it ingested <injustin'> for inflation? <laughs> when not adjusted for inflation, the 1939 classic success, Gone with the Wind, still endures. Uh, according to the Guinness Book of World Records, the movie would have made around three point forty four billion dollars worldwide with today's ticket prices, well ahead. Of Marvel's record-breaking epic. That's crazy. And Avatar. And all that.
0: That's so crazy.
1: I don't even like that movie. Gone, Gone with, with the, the wind. wind? Yeah.
0: To be totally honest, I think it's one of those movies that my mom forced me to watch. And I think I slept through most of it.
1: Mm-hmm. That's boring.
0: Which makes me sad because for the last week of summer, my plan is to make my kids watch like...
1: I want them to Your watch. Yeah, I want them to watch Grease and Beaches <laughs> and Dirty
0: Dancing and Now and Then. Did you see that Now and Then is coming to Netflix?
1: No. What is Now and Then? I don't remember that one. Oh
0: my gosh, that's the one with the four girls. Um, Christina Ricci was on it. I don't remember. And then, so it followed four girls as like teenagers, and then it went into the future and as their think. adult life. So, like Christina Ricci's character as an adult, she was. It was Rosie O'Donnell. They're the only two that I can remember. I don't remember
1: that movie at all. I don't think I've ever Oh my gosh, it was so good.
0: It. Such a good movie.
1: Though I'm not a fan of Rosie O'Donnell movies back then either, so
0: Whatever. See, that's around the same time as Casper. You remember Casper with Christina Casper Ricci? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's Christina Ricci. Yeah. I might know the movie if I've seen like a preview of it or something. I just don't remember. I, I'm certain I've never seen the The
0: movie. big scene was they're riding their bikes as teenagers. They're, and it's kind of set in the 60s, maybe early 70s when they're teenagers. And they're riding their bikes and they're singing Sugar. Nope. Okay.
1: Doesn't ring a bell. <sighs> what were the other ones you listed? Greece. Grease. That was the movie that my mom made me watch that I hated. It oh, I, I loved it. Grease. She loves it.
0: Um, I got my mouth washed out with soap from watching Grease though. Cuz Grease Lightning think? and it says SHIT.
1: Oh, it does. Uh-huh.
0: And I purposely kept rewinding it
1: and turning the <laughs>
0: volume up louder and singing it. Like being de- super defiant in that moment to where my mom and I know she let it go like 6 or 7 mm-hmm. times and she was finally like, "Okay, you're done. That's enough. Let's go." <laughs>
1: Hand soap squirting right yep. in your mouth.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, beaches with Bette Midler and uh, yeah, Barbara I know Hershey.
1: The movie. I have never seen that one, though.
0: Again, where it shows them as children and then yeah. as adults. Yeah, I'm aware, I'm
1: aware of that one.
0: I guess I like that whole <laughs> time-lapse thing. Um, dirty Dancing.
1: hmm No one puts baby in a corner.
0: Uh-huh. What is the other one? Those are the only ones that I can think of right now. Ferris
1: Bueller's Day Off. Oh, my
0: kids have already seen that one.
1: (laughs) Of course they have, because that's a good movie. Burn on the rest of the movies you just said.
0: Whatever. (laughs) Those are some of my favorites. Grease is
1: overrated. I'm going to say that right now. Overrated.
0: You're ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry,
1: I'm remembering... All the songs and how inappropriate they are for Oh, today. they are
0: super inappropriate. <laughs> super inappropriate. That's what brought it up, though, me wanting to watch it with my kids uh, because um, the very last song in Greece, a wop bop a-wop-bam-boom. Okay, so it came on the radio and... I sang the entire thing, word for word, and Mila's like, how do you know this song? Apparently, it's on some show that she watches now. How do you know this? I'm like, Mila, this is on my favorite movie of all time. (laughs) Really? Can I watch it? Yes, we are going to make that happen. Last week of summer, every day, we're watching one of my favorite movies. Totally doing it
1: you should rewatch them first <laughs> just so you're not romanticizing some parts <laughs> i feel like there's at least one song in greece light in greece that's heavily encouraging of premarital who's he what's its if i'm remembering the words correctly which i'm pretty sure i am hey let's move what are on you, oh the one where they're
0: singing in the bedroom <laughs>
1: I don't quite remember the scene. I just remember the song. And I don't even really quite remember the song. I just remember the feeling when I heard the song. (laughs) (laughs) Thinking, oh, this is inappropriate. (laughs) How am I allowed to watch this?
0: (laughs) See, but that's the thing. So I grew up watching these movies right around the time that all of my kids are the same age now. And none of those things clicked for me. Until I became an adult.
1: Yeah, I guess.
0: But the overall, like, it's because they're all musicals. They're all lots of songs in them and lots of dancing. That's what I enjoyed Mm -hmm. about them. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I didn't like movies like that. I didn't even like, I kind of like them now, but I didn't even like Disney movies back then when it was just all, every scene had a song in it, like The Lion King. I like The Lion King as a movie and as a story, but like I didn't always like music as a part of it. Like Everything has to be told through song.
0: Okay, so that was going to be my rant, and I totally forgot about it. Have you seen The New Lion King? No. Okay. Is it bad? No, it's amazing. Oh. I loved it.
1: I've heard only bad things.
0: Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> it sticks so true to the original, which I love about it. Because going into it, I was kind of skeptical. Like, how are they going to do this whole live action and stick true to the cartoon aspects of it? How are they going to make that work and make it feel like a live action? Do you know what I mean?
1: Despite the fact that it's still technically a cartoon. (laughs) It is.
0: But it definitely Um, feels live action. It does not feel cartoon. But I've had so many people. That was going to be my rant. So many people that are like, stick with the cartoon, this one sucks, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what sucks about it? And then you read their comment section and they're like, yeah, it stuck true to the original movie. Yeah, they did this. Yeah, they did that. Well, then what the crap did you want them to do? <laughs> Rewrite a whole other Lion King and then you can be pissed off about that, how it didn't stick true to the original movie and it makes absolutely no sense? I don't understand. <laughs> they did everything right and yet you still hate the movie.
1: I know one thing they didn't do right.
0: Let Mufasa live. What? They killed Mufasa. Of course just they Just like did. the car. Okay, that's another thing. Everybody posts, <laughs> is he going to live? No, the crap, he's not going to live. Did he that's die in the whole, first one? That's the okay, whole crap then. Of the story. <laughs> no, Good. I, I'm glad I, you weren't going to say that. No, I
1: I heard that they ruined the big uh scar like Army Raising Be Prepared song thing.
0: They don't Yeah, they don't have Be Prepared in there. Yeah. And they didn't do... I was waiting for it the whole time, but they didn't do the Mufasa. Oh, say it again. Do you remember with the three hyenas? And oh, yeah. They didn't do that part. If they could have done anything better, it would have been the hyenas. The yeah. hyenas, it wasn't... They were just villains, whereas in the cartoons, they were villains, but they were also laughing hyenas. Chronic relief, yeah. Yeah, and it, it didn't have that feel to hmm. it, but... That's my only complaint in the whole movie.
1: What did you think about Aladdin? Did you see Aladdin?
0: I did see Aladdin. Did I didn't did love Aladdin. It was like good. It? it was good. But to me, it was like a whole other movie that had yeah. that had aspects of the original one. But it was just a whole, it was more of Jasmine's story mm-hmm. this time. With a little bit of Aladdin mixed in there. You know what I mean? I liked it. I enjoyed it, but
1: it... It, I, it, it, it was like a different angle. Yeah. Of the same story,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which I did, I did like that though. You know, yeah. I, I don't, I don't necessarily, and that's maybe the main reason I haven't been so jazzed about going seeing the Lion King. Yeah. I don't necessarily want to see a faithful recreation. I want to see something different.
0: See, and I like the the live action Beauty and the Beast that they did a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Loved that one because it stuck very true to yeah, the original they one. Yeah. do like that one. Too. And that—that's just how I feel about the Lion King. Yeah. Mila's favorite song from the new Aladdin is "Speechless," the song that Jasmine sings. Mm-hmm. It's a great song, but she wants to sing it 24/7. Mom, listen to the <laughs> song that I know from Aladdin. That song's not from Aladdin. <laughs> Watch the OG Aladdin <laughs> sing those songs. I mean, I don't tell her that, but that's what I'm thinking every time. I'm like, yeah, it's beautiful, great song. It sucks.
1: all right coming up later in the show pastors have a hard job but these mistakes will make things harder and when we come back i challenge mo to get childish (gasps) stick around The Back Girl Morning Show on this Wednesday morning. We're entering our second hour. And as always, we kick off our second hour with five random facts with Moe.
0: Five random facts.
1: Oh, let's go. All
0: right. Oprah's real name is Orpha. 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 Orpha.
1: O-R-P-A-H.
0: People mispronounced it regularly. I can understand why. And Oprah... Stuck. <laughs> uh, your brain literally begins to eat itself when it doesn't get enough sleep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a tattoo ink called F- Ephemeral? Ephemeral, I think. Ephemeral? That lasts just one year.
1: I think that's a fantastic invention right there. So you want to get a tattoo, you want to see how it's going to feel on you for a whole year. Put it on. If you like it enough, once it fades away, get it again, perfect the it, and keep stuff. it forever. If not, you got a whole blank canvas again to start over. I think that's beautiful.
0: I think it's a great idea. It's a definitely a good idea. Assuming I it's do not
1: it. ridiculously expensive.
0: Yeah, I couldn't do it because, but I still want to get a couple other tattoos. But I cannot bring myself to endure the pain of another tattoo.
1: Really? Yeah,
0: and so. But to think of getting it with the temporary ink and then having to get it do again, it again. <laughs> in a year. Yeah, I don't know that I could do it.
1: So you're not one of those people that got like addicted to the pain?
0: No, not oh. at all. Because
1: like I still crave getting more. I you're
0: so weird. More. People <laughs> who, like I can understand the art aspect of it and being addicted to the art aspect of it. But being addicted to, to the, the pain, the getting it? <laughs> you're dumb. You need to have your brain checked, my friend. There is something wrong with you. I will pinch you 55,000 times a day. I don't
1: want (laughs) to (laughs) pinch. I want to be gently stabbed over and over again by tiny needles.
0: (laughs) So I will say this. We were telling a friend last week... She was freaking out and she's like, I can't do a tattoo. I have a phobia of needles, this and that, blah, blah, blah. And I was telling her, I have a phobia of needles as well. Getting a tattoo is nothing like getting your blood right. drawn. It's not like a shot it's not getting a like shot. It's not that same. It's not.
1: Yeah. It's like you're being scraped a lot. Especially when they get like that five needle one to fill in the yeah. thick parts. It's just like you're being deeply scraped.
0: To me, it reminds That's me a lot like. of a bee sting. Like, I've
1: never been sung by a bee, thank the Lord, so I don't know the comparison.
0: So, that, yeah, that's what it reminds me of. It's that's my
1: phobia. A bee sting? I'm terrified of all flying things that can sting me.
0: Okay, so a wasp got in our house yesterday. Oh,
1: I would die. I would burn the house down. Matthew. I would.
0: You get a bottle of spray of some sort, spray cleaner of some sort, and you just spray the heck out of that thing until it gets so sopping wet with whatever that cleaner is that it falls, and then you hit it with a fly water. Okay, sure. Easy.
1: Yeah, sure. It's a very logical, rational way to handle a situation.
0: I felt so good.
1: I would not be rational. (laughs) I
0: felt so good as my boys are like, oh my gosh, there's a wasp in the house, there's a wasp in the house. They're freaking out, sounding like little girls. (laughs) And I'm like, seriously guys, hand me the Windex and hand me the fly swatter. And I'm spraying, 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 spraying. And my boys are standing there like eyes huge. You'd think it was Christmas morning. And I just hit the jackpot of Christmas presents watching me take this thing down. And they're like, how did you know to do that? <laughs> Not that difficult.
1: <laughs> I used that method on, there was a brief six month window where I, I initially, and then my wife and I, after we got married for just a couple months, were living in
0: a barn. A, yeah. A barn, a converted,
1: yeah. a converted apartment thing where my pastor and his family lived as they were building their new house. A moth the size of a blue jay got into the barn. And it keeps swooping down like a bird would. And I am flipping out. I'm trying to ignore it, thinking it'll go out one of these days. Or just live your life, man. There's plenty of space. Tall building, you stay up that half, I'll stay down here in this half. But it's not abiding by that agreement.
0: It just wanted to say hi. And
1: so I I caught it. It was on this beam right above the door. I see it sitting there. And so I get this can of raid, and I just douse that sucker until it falls down and flops on the ground, and then I stomp on it. Uh-huh. And it was so big and thick. It <laughs> the crunch? I, feel, I can yes and I can still feel it if I think about it I can still feel what it felt like on my foot the crunch underneath it and how big it was and how terrifying that moment was for me but yeah I'm only that brave when they don't have stingers
0: oh my gosh <laughs> you're we really went on a rabbit chase okay. yeah what are we talking about uh Donald Trump was the inspiration for the character Biff Tannen in the Back to the Future trilogy that's kind of funny.
1: We're talking about tattoos. How, yeah, we did really follow We right? really did. Anyway, yeah. And I knew that. I had heard that before. Really? Yeah. Uh, looking back, spe- I can um, totally like, see specifically it. Specifically the, in the second movie when he's the rich yeah. casino owner guy. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, then I'm going to have to go home and tell Chris that, that fact. <laughs> the longest prison sentence was served in the U.S. The longest pr- prison sentence served in the U.S. <laughs> was over 68 years long. Can
1: you imagine?
0: That's your entire life. Yeah.
1: That's such a long time. That's and, awful. Yeah. I mean, again, part of my testimony, if you all don't know, you can find it online. I was in prison for six months. Okay. Uh <laughs> glossing over that. Moving on. <laughs> uh, I know just from that six month time that I was in there that you get trained to be a certain way. Yeah. You don't open any doors. You never open a single door when you're in prison. Everybody has to open the, the guards have to open the doors for you. And so what you do is you line up and you put your hands behind your back and you wait. And so there was a few days at least and I'm sure it's much worse for people that are in there for a lot longer there's a few days at least where I would come to a door and I would stop waiting on someone else to open it and then I'd realize oh I'm I'm the one yeah you know this and that's is such me. A, it's such a strange thing um, you know there's no you know you don't have keys when you're in jail the only people that have keys are the guards and yeah. they have big heavy keys that jangle on their belt when they're walking around and you hear them walking around that means they're coming around to all the different things and they're going to be peeking in making sure nobody's doing anything wrong and they might come and throw all your crap all over the ground to uh, look to see if you have any yeah paraphernalia which we had one guard that just loved to do that because he hated everybody there and uh so you got anxiety every time you heard keys jangling so i remember like i it was like two days after we left and i was in a bathroom stall at a gas station or something and I heard someone walking in with keys jangling and I got terrified for a second in the bathroom. And so imagine living the majority of your life. I'm assuming this person had to have died in jail.
0: Yeah, that's my thought. But there
1: are several people that live, you know, 25, 50 years in jail and then get out. And then re- yeah. Can you imagine trying to reacclimate to take all that stuff that you've learned and not react that way to things? Simple things. Or like the idea, you know, you always see those uh, like shows usually uh, expound on it when there's someone in a TV show that got out of prison after a long time. They've never seen a cell phone,
0: right? You know, yeah. <laughs> having to
1: adjust because <laughs> in prison there's no you know, there's technology growing. You don't need right. to experience nothing, so uh, the whole world moves on without you on the outside. And then now you're having to, basically you're entering the future. It was a very long time machine ride. Yeah. So <laughs> You're in the future. That's It'd true. be so weird.
0: It would be weird. So two things. I find it very ironic that you now have like your own giant set of keys.
1: Yeah, that... I do. <laughs> janitor keys. Yeah. And it doesn't bug me anymore. I don't even think about it anymore. It's yeah. the first time I actually I've thought about it in a long time.
0: Matt is taking control back. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: I control the keys. The keys do not control me.
0: That's right. And also, as you were talking about the doors and keys and whatnot, it's also a lot like boot camp or basic training for anyone who goes into the military.
1: Yeah.
0: That Chris did the whole door thing because nobody, you don't open doors. You stand there, you're in formation, you stand in line and doors will be open for you. Mm -hmm. And I can remember when we went to his graduation We went out to eat at Popeye's and he just kind of stood there for a minute. And I was like, we're newlyweds and I'm pregnant with his kid and he's just standing there. And I was like, are you going to open the door or what? (laughs) And it took a lot for me to realize, oh, he hasn't opened a door in almost 10 weeks. Like, yeah. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I totally get that. (laughs) All right. So last week um, with my wife on, we played a game called the... uh, riddle challenge as a part of a series of games that goes back to before you were even a part of the ministry mo okay back in the original uh youtube videos that i had with uh, marty field okay we played a a series of games called let's get childish so they were games for children and we're seeing how adults can stack up to them so last week i gave daedra a riddle challenge i gave her a set of riddles and she childhood riddles that uh would have had as a child and see how how well you did so i'm gonna do the same for you and see how you stack up i gave her 10 and she got four out of the 10 correct
0: okay here we go i gotta get into the whole riddle mindset
1: i'm giving you seven
0: (laughs) i'm typically good at riddles yeah but i have to think in the riddle mindset right
1: and this time you're only hearing it you don't get to like look at them so there's not like a yeah Okay. You ready? Yeah, I think so. Number one. What has many keys but can't even unlock a single door? A piano. Exactly. Good job. See? This is going to be easy. This is going to be cake. Number two. What has a head, a tail, is brown, and has no legs?
0: A penny.
1: Yes. Good job. All right. Uh, David's father had three sons, Snap, Crackle, and who?
0: David. Good
1: job. You're really good at these. Number four. The more you take, the more you leave behind. What am I? The more you take, the more you leave behind. It's the current riddle on the table most thinking
0: i don't know this one. Cocking
1: your head sideways
0: i don't know this one
1: you don't know it Mm-mm. the more you take the more you leave behind you give up yeah footsteps
0: ah <laughs>
1: it's a good one
0: that is a good one <clears throat> all
1: right you live in a one-story house made entirely out of redwood what color would the stairs be
0: there are no stairs. It's a one story house. <laughs>
1: you are good <gun> at riddles. My <laughs> goodness, you're catching on. All right, number six. A couple has six daughters, and each daughter has one brother. How many children does the couple have? Seven. Good job. All right, last one. You've gotten five out of six so far. I am not alive, but I grow. I don't have lungs but i need air i don't have a mouth but water kills me what am i
0: not alive but i grow do not have lungs but need air do not have a mouth water kills me ay <laughs> do,
1: do, do, do 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 i have to do, think do, do. Shh. Well, I can't leave dead air. Sheesh. People are going to think the radio's broken. app's <sighs> offline again.
0: I can't think of what water kills.
1: <laughs> You're going to hate yourself when I tell I know you. I am.
0: <laughs> water kills me.
1: Not alive, but I grow. Don't have lungs, but I need air. Don't have a mouth, but water kills me. Boo.
0: Water kills Boo-boo. me. I feel like if I can just think of what water kills.
1: If you drink too much of it, water could kill you. Oh hush.
0: What is it?
1: Fire. Oh. <laughs>
0: See if I could just think of what water killed.
1: I thought that was going to give it away. I thought the adding water kills me was too much that it would have given it away.
0: I just couldn't think.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I could not think
0: of what water killed.
1: Well, you did really good. You are not lying when you say you're good at riddles. Five out of seven is nothing to sneeze at right there.
0: I enjoyed telling riddles to my brother just to make him feel stupid when he was a kid. Yeah. So
1: so now I know when I do this next time, I need to focus on the what am I riddles. Yeah. those are the two that you didn't get.
0: They're the ones that get me every time. <laughs> if If it's all there in the riddle, mm-hmm. then I get it. You know, I'm a one-story house. What color are the stairs? Yeah. You don't got stairs. You're a one story yeah, you a
1: one-story house. You catch the trick questions yeah. really easily. Yeah. Uh, I fell for the six daughters each had a one brother thing. Really? The first time I heard it. Like, 12. Like, no, they each had one brother. 12. You're
0: still like, <laughs> yeah, that's 12. You want to argue the point of... Yes, there are six daughters and then six boys because each daughter had one brother.
1: Uh, Yep. Wow. All right. That was fun. Uh, But was it, though? It was for me. I mean, if you want to turn it around, you want to get some riddles and compile them for next week.
0: Heck yeah. Remember how I destroyed you in Osteen or Fortune Cookie after I compiled my own list? Yeah, it's going to be like that.
1: You destroyed me? I destroyed you. <laughs> I feel like destroyed No, we like,
0: actually ended up having mood. a tie, and we had to keep going back and forth until oh, somebody that's lost. right.
1: Yeah, because we made more than we needed. Yep. Yeah. I remember that now. You did do better than I expected. Or rather, I did worse than I expected. Let's put it that way.
0: <laughs> you can't give me any credit. No, I expected
1: you to do just <laughs> fine. I just thought I was smarter than I really was. Yeah, okay. Two Delaware sisters are trying to raise the literacy rate one bedtime story at a time. Zaria Willard, 13, and Haley Willard, 8, have been reading bedtime stories on Facebook Live for months now and have nearly 100 viewers per night. We take turns reading, Zaria to- told Inside Edition. Uh, it all started to help kids get a bedtime story because maybe their parents are busy or they don't have the time to read. So that's what we are uh, helping. Each Sunday, the girls visit the library to pick out books for the week, and then they read stories five nights of the week. Isn't that great?
0: Yes, it's great. It's an amazing story. (laughs) It's not the first time it's happened, and I'm kind of bummed that the original person who started this isn't getting credit for it.
1: I don't know what you're talking about. So there
0: was a principal who, she was a principal of an inner city school. Yeah who students really do come from rough backgrounds and a lot of them don't have parents at home who are reading them bedtime stories. And so she would go on Facebook Live mm. and she would read a bedtime story every night in hopes that her students were getting a bedtime story from mm, somebody. That's cool. Yeah. So shout like out these, to the sisters. Good job. Yeah, I
1: like that this is two little girls doing it. For other children. <laughs> Mo no, hates children. That's what I'm learning right now. <laughs> These children just stealing ideas. They're just I like all kids except... Thieves.
0: No. <laughs> I was about to say that wrong. <laughs> I only like my kids and no one else's.
1: You're about to say I love all kids except my own. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm glad that I caught it before I
1: actually said it. Uh, I love my tell children. Tell us how you really feel, Mo. When we come back, 10 things to remember when you're a church leader. Hey, have you heard? We're so glad that you're listening to the Back Row Morning Show in its podcast form. But we hear there's actually an entire radio station that plays some amazing Christian music throughout the show and all day long. We've heard and now you have to. Join us at backrowradio.com and stream online or download our free app for iPhone and Android. Backrow Radio, Christian music in every flavor. the Back Row Morning Show here on this Wednesday. We are in our third hour and in our third hour we'd like to tackle a bigger topic. Our topic for today is 10 Dangerous Habits of Church Leaders. And this is actually from an article from the Facts and Trends blog by Joel McKeever. Check it out for yourself over at factsandtrends.net. But we're going to go through this, go through a little bit of what he said and kind of evaluate it on our own terms and see if we agree uh, I'm sure we will. We usually do with uh, these guys, but let's uh, go through this list. Leading leading in a church is uh, some of the greatest work that you can do, but it is also uh, a very high-risk job when it comes to interacting with people and offending people and all that kind of stuff. I don't even know what you're talking about. So we're going to go through the list, talk about not just pastors, but uh, church leaders in general. Leaders do not
0: offend people. <laughs>
1: as the PBS leader.
0: <laughs> Y'all offended <Another> <laughs> that I'm taking your kids for free for a week in the summer? Y'all might need to, some prayer. <laughs> All right, go ahead.
1: There was only one time that I remember being like super defensive about some complaint that someone had at CR. And it was about the food. Like there was this guy who brought his kid and we were serving pizza or something. That they I remember were, this, yeah. Yep. And he was like, this isn't very healthy for children. Like, well, number one, this isn't a children's group. Yeah. If you have to bring your kids, that's one thing. But you know, we're we're just giving you a free meal. Yeah. It's free. If you don't like it, you can
0: go pay go for pay food somewhere else. Somewhere else. Get your
1: healthy snack, whatever. Yeah. And then come back if you'd like. But yep. I I was so close to like just being. Saying exactly that. Yeah. Like, well, you can leave. Don't let me hold you. Just yeah. head on out. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, that's yeah. when you just
0: pick yeah. up a slice of your own. Healthy? No. Free? Yes. <laughs> and just, just take a bite.
1: <laughs> All right. So number one on the list of 10 dangerous habits of church leaders. Borrowing heavily from the sermons and writings of others. Um, this is... Hard to do, I mean, because you get to the point where, how many sermons are there in existence? How how many can there be? You know, based off of scripture, there's all we there's have
0: a whole Bible ser- worth, Matt. Right, seriously. That's all,
1: but we've had hundreds of years of sermons now. True. All this stuff. So, how easy would it be now? Because most of them are online now. Not most of them, but I mean, hundreds and hundreds and thousands yeah. of them are online. Outlines, full sermons videos whatever how easy is it to just put in sermon here's the verse i want to talk on and boom you have a whole sermon yeah how easy would it be to just pull that off and i'm wondering how many pastors do that on a regular oh, I basis
0: think a lot more than what we mm-hmm. realize
1: now i i am confident that my pastor doesn't do that because i've seen his notes they are extensive <laughs> he spends he's usually about a month ahead of what sermon he's actually preaching that Sunday in his preparation. Because he spends so much time doing it. Um, But, uh, yeah, it could be really easy to take a sermon someone's already written and pass it off as yours and no one would ever know. Mm -hmm. And that's dangerous. uh, For one, that's untrustworthy and stealing, essentially. It's intellectual property you're taking. But two, that also keeps you from the habit of you know crafting your own message mm-hmm. and uh, will get you stuck in doing that kind of thing for the rest of your career. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, this is a big one that happens more often than I bet we're willing to discuss, and that's consuming pornography. Mm-hmm. Um, especially since the rise of the internet and all that and smartphones and all this, it's everywhere. And... Uh, something like 80% of men and 50% of women struggle with pornography to a degree, and 50% of those, and 20% of 50% of those men and 20% of those women use it habitually. And uh, I don't remember. I had a statistic for pastors, and I don't remember it now off the top of my head, but it was high, a high number. Uh, look at pornography at least a monthly situation, and. It's I could easily, knowing that yeah, that being my struggle when I was younger, um, it's, it's almost been 10 years, Mo. I got my nine-year coin the other day.
0: That's pretty exciting. Anyway,
1: knowing that that was such a big struggle for me, I can easily see how a pastor who, typically pastors don't really have anywhere to let off their steam, to let off their gripes, because it'll get back to somebody else or hurt somebody else. So they kind of bottle their stuff up. And I can easily see how that would be an escape, an easy escape uh, for pastors. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's dangerous as well for so many reasons. All the same reasons that it's dangerous for you and me. But, for anyone, yeah. yeah. Uh, so here's some big ones. Here's some big ones that I think are common failings that people see a lot. Uh, number three, failing to express appreciation in significant ways. Uh, It's easy to say thank you uh, to someone bestowing a compliment or a gift, but that's often inadequate in a church setting when it comes to someone who is, you know, serving or or doing something else. Not just a simple thank you. Um, It's more of a, you need a real expression of appreciation. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Like, well, the example I give here is like a solo in church. You know, thank you for that solo. And now on to this. Yeah. Uh, instead of saying, you know, that solo blessed me mm-hmm. for these reasons. Which, uh, again, I think my pastor's been very good about doing that uh, lately. He usually, uh, I've seen him multiple times now after solos, both pull the soloist aside as they're trying to walk off the stage and privately have a discussion with him. Mm-hmm. Or in one case, cry into that person's shoulder mm-hmm. <laughs> based on it. And then he'll usually get up and before he even starts a sermon, you know, express what that song meant to him Mm -hmm. because he didn't know it was coming. You know, he didn't know what song was singing. It just hit him like that. And sometimes he does that with like worship too, just the basic worship when a song is done well and hits him. Uh, The spirit uses that. He's always appreciative. Um, And I think that's a good, a good mindset to be in. But at the same time, you want to be grateful for. You want to hear a pastor that says, you know, thank you for praying for me during this time of my life. You want to hear a pastor that says, uh, you know, the VBS team did an amazing job. I hope you got to see all this. Not just thank you to our VBS leaders. Uh, Moving on. Yeah. You know, you want your appreciation to seem genuine. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other trap they fall into is not naming names specifically. (laughs) This is is kind of a... uh, a, what the word I'm trying to think of? Record keeping error, almost. In that, if you're going to name names, you need to name all the names and not forget one person. If you're gonna list like all the leaders from VBS that you're gonna thank them individually, you can't leave out Debbie. Mm-hmm. So here, thank you, Mo and Carol and Phil and whatever and all these people, and you forget Debbie because mm-hmm. that's just gonna ruin Debbie's, Debbie's day. Life. Yeah, Debbie's gone.
0: Debbie's going to find herself another church.
1: <laughs> so either don't name names at all or oh, you be sure make sure you, you have a list. Every name. Yeah. <laughs> Come up there with a list. Yeah. Uh, that's exactly what this says. The experienced minister will never start naming people without a written list before them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, the Holy Spirit can use such simple encouragement as a person's name being called by the minister to grow that person. That's what they listed there too. Uh, So it's good to make that kind of recognition. Uh, The other trap, another trap, number five, 10 dangerous habits of church leaders. Disregarding the church constitution and bylaws. I mean, church constitution, bylaws, uh, the meeting format, all that kind of stuff. They sometimes seem like annoying things to abide by annoying things to have to deal with and put up with. But at the same time, they are things that the church has approved and accepted. And if we are ignoring them to skirt around something or to skirt around procedure to do things our way, that's going to make the congregation not trust you. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the leader who establishes a precedent of ignoring the bylaws will have nowhere to go is essentially what it says here. Um, Order over chaos is what we're looking for.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Number six, blowing off pastoral visits. Um, I'm not a pastor, but I am in a kind of a leadership role. And since, uh, since Johnny started at our church, he's encouraged me and a couple of the other leaders to get more involved in stuff like that, like going to the hospital when someone's in our churches there, mm-hmm. uh, coming you know, often coming along with him, sometimes going, uh, when there was a, one case where he was in a hospital in Amarillo visiting someone and someone else in our congregation went to the hospital here mm-hmm. that night. And so he sent me and John, uh, our worship leader to go up there. And, uh, it's, it's something that I'm uncomfortable doing, yeah. which you know me, -hmm. You know, I would be. (laughs) But uh, it was also, you know, rewarding because you could tell that it meant a lot to them. Yeah. That uh, for some reason, I feel like it it meant a lot more to them that John and I came because that's not something we do. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. And like they they came, you know, when they didn't have to. Mm -hmm. And so that's, I mean, I think that's important too. Um, For someone who doesn't, for a pastor who doesn't do that or who doesn't make that a priority that can, again, hurt feelings, people leave. Because uh, those are the kind of things that people want to know. People in your congregation want to know that we're a family. That's mm-hmm. what ass- asserts that we're a family. Those moments when we're helpless or we're hurting or we're in the hospital or something like that, is someone going to show up for mm-hmm. me? You know? Um, and the fact... The thing, the thing that I really like about, you know, I have been turning this into bolstering up my pastor. Uh, It's not really what I meant to do, but just, there are some things that he does really well. And the one, one of the things that he does really well with that is he keeps a, he has a chart in his office of everybody who's in the hospital and when they're supposed to go in the hospital and how long they're supposed to be there. And he spends a lot of his time visiting them if he has to, and that includes driving to other towns if they're in hospitals in Lubbock or Amarillo or I think he went as far as Dallas uh, well he did go as far as Dallas for my dad once mm-hmm. um, and yeah I mean he he uh, makes that a priority but I can easily see how again it would be easy to blow that off
0: mm-hmm.
1: and not make it a priority yeah um, <sighs> number seven making promises they can't keep it's um the example they give here is like someone asking a question about the church or about the bible or something like that and the pastor says i don't know the answer to your question but i'll look it up and i'll get back to you Mm. and then he doesn't yeah which again is an easy trap to fall into because you're busy pastors are super busy all the time um and so you do that a few times, and you earn the repetition of being at least unreliable, mm-hmm. if not dishonest. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the uh, Holy Spirit will not bless untrustworthy lips. Let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, number eight, wasting time on social media. Uh, pastor Dean, my first pastor in the Baptist Church, anyway. Uh, wouldn't get on social media. and still isn't on social media as far as I know. Hmm. And I think it was because he didn't want to learn. But at the same time, he knew he didn't want to waste his time on it. Yeah. But it can be it can be a great resource. Mm-hmm. But it could also be a terrible master is what they put here. Um, if church members notice you always quickly answering comments or notes on Facebook or Twitter, they will assume you're always on the Internet and not working. Did you think?
0: Yeah, I have a tough time with that one, though. Yeah? Why? Well, so... Like, with everything else, it's very in line with what a pastor's job mm-hmm. is. Okay? Wasting time on social media is a perception, for the most part. No one's going to know whether or not you're wasting time on social media other than yourself and Jesus. True. You know? So if I'm on... Facebook, and I notice, oh, pastor's commenting. Oh, pastor commented again. Oh, he's commenting again. Okay, pastor could be on his lunch right now. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Pastor mm-hmm. could be sitting in the waiting room on one of his pastoral visits, waiting for news from the patient. So for me, that's a difficult one because it's off of a judgmental perception from someone else not
1: sure and yeah you're probably right in most cases it would be that way but i mean there's also a lot of pastors who just post constantly all day yeah and you can see the timestamps, and you can see that okay they posted five times every hour during yeah. his supposed work hours and yeah. none of this is about work or the church or anything like right. that. And so in, in I think some cases it would be more obvious than others. But I think you're absolutely right especially in the example they gave about the commenting. Yeah. Is that, you know, it's that's a outside perception uh in large part. Yeah. yeah I can see that. Uh number 9, the other uh, number 9 on the list of 10 dangerous habits of church leaders. Isolating themselves, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of pastors I think are loners. Just mm-hmm. because that's kind of the nature of the job, essentially, is that you're you have to be so timid in the way you interact with other people and you're, and the things that you say. I mean, Pastor Kevin, uh, you know, he would make jokes. He's hilarious, but every joke that's ever been even slightly biting. He always has to respond with, I'm just kidding. You Mm -hmm. know that, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yes, we know you're kidding. It was a joke. Mm -hmm. But he has to say, he feels like he has to say that because he's a pastor. Mm -hmm. And he wants to make sure that nobody ever assumes that he was serious about a joke. Mm -hmm. Or when he's poking fun at somebody or anything like that. And I find that sad. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I know that he has to do it. Because mm-hmm. I know there are going to be people that will just get absolutely offended. Even if it's not personally offended. Offended on someone else's behalf who that person got the joke. Yeah. You know? And he, this person didn't. And, yeah, it's such a dangerous minefield of uh, of interacting with other people. Yeah. Uh, I know that they got in trouble a lot for hanging out with our group Mm -hmm. thinking that they were part of our clique just because they were in our age group Mm -hmm. they were in our peer group uh but they tried to go to a lot of things there just weren't a lot of things happening in any of the other age groups we hung out a lot so they were there a lot
0: y'all don't want to host stuff (laughs) you can't get upset when they're not coming to anything
1: yeah you gotta host
0: something for them to come to something
1: so i can see how any pastor could feel like I have to isolate myself. I can't be a part of any groups. I can't be doing anything like this. I can't make jokes. I can't do all this because someone's going to get offended. So I'm just going to keep to myself and isolate myself from all of these things. Um, Another thing is like avoiding leadership conferences or gatherings, uh, even fellowshipping with other pastors and colleagues and peers Mm -hmm. um, because you get yourself so guarded. Um, and then the other idea behind this is thinking that you don't need a mentor uh-huh. uh, or even just a friend that you can trust to vent to as a pastor. Cause you think you're supposed to kind of be above that. I'm a pastor now. I'm, I, I am the mentor, <laughs> you know, it's, it's easy. To, I could see how it'd be easy to fall into that mindset, but good, good leaders are always learning uh, good leaders are also good followers so uh in both cases try not to do that folks. Mm-hmm. and then number 10 viewing people as a means to an end uh seeing people as tools to get things done rather than members of your community members of your flock uh and again when we get to churches that have which is most churches that have 10% of the people doing 90% of the work. Mm-hmm. I can see how that would be the case too. You see them as this guy's trustworthy and reliable. He'll become my number one go-to kind of person. Mm-hmm. I can see how it'd be easy to to think of them as workers and not members of your church family, you know, volunteers and stuff like that. I uh, think
0: if you're not doing number nine, then you're not doing number 10. Yeah. You know? If you're not isolating yourself, if you're forming relationships within the community within your church, then you're not going to look at people as a means to an end. You're going to you're going to see them as the person that they yeah. are, the yeah. person that you've formed a relationship with, not just somebody to get the job done.
1: I agree. I agree. Well, there's a lot more to this article. Uh, like I said, we're just kind of skimming the surface and seeing what we thought. Uh, a lot more to the article. Go over to factsandtrends.net, search for 10 Dangerous Habits of Church Leaders by Joel McKeever. And read it all for yourself. It's a good blog. I recommend it. Let's move on to finish up this hour with Is our It last a Sin? Second. Yeah. Are you ready? I am.
0: It's the time of the week. And we all know that we've asked these kind of questions before, but now we are going to bring you the answers that you need. All right. Are you ready, Matt? I'm ready. All right. Today's question is from Iris. She says, well, I'm assuming it's a she. Um, Iris uh, says, is it a sin to post a picture of a sick stranger and ask for people to pray for them even though the photo is 10 years old? Also, I believe God would use the prayers for someone who really needs them. Do you?
1: first of all that's not how prayers work it's not a currency and like god's all i have all these extra prayers that this lady doesn't need so i'll just transfer these prayers for lucy's gout over to frank's diabetes secondly yes it's a lie that you told by not checking sources it's recklessness and this is not the good recklessness this
0: is, this not, is the bad
1: recklessness
0: yeah. true story <laughs> that but,
1: <laughs> this was an actual conversation that I had with a lady and she went on to say uh, well what about the idea that maybe your prayers now God uses those prayers and takes them back to when that person was sick and uses them to help heal that person I'm all well, still I understand your your idea is being based around the fact that God is kind of outside of time but that's still not has ever been deemed to work in the Bible <laughs> time traveling prayers that's
0: exactly what I thought like <laughs>
1: can I go back and pray over something that happened so it won't happen in the past something bad that happened uh, oh no.
0: some people's kids
1: nope crazy people all right stick around we'll be back soon to close out the show end this end this now Everybody, welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show. As we close out the show for the day, we got your Bible verse and thought. Bible verse for the day is John one twelve and thirteen. But to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of natural descent, or of the will of the flesh, or of the will of man, but of God.
0: And our thought for the day comes from Tim Keller. Truth without love is harshness. It gives us information, but in such a way that we cannot really hear it.
1: Thank you for joining us today. We are here every Monday through Thursday starting at 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific with an encore at 10 Eastern and 7 Pacific. Podcast is available usually in the afternoons on BackwardRadio.com, Podbean, Spotify, YouTube, fun places.
0: Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Back Row Radio. And join our laughter-inducing Facebook community, Back Row Baptist Church, by going to brbchurch.com.
1: That is it for today's show. Mo, what's the final word?
0: Hump day! Mike, 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 Mike,
1: thought we were going to make it. thought we were ah, going to make ah, through the whole show without that. <laughs> <laughs> if you need us, we'll be in the back.
0: Bye!